You're listening to the In The Making podcast. I'm Martin Lumsden, and this is my chance to have a conversation with artists and performers who have taken the opportunity to do the thing that they love the most. Andy Osho is a writer, actress and comedian and regular contributor to TV and radio. She also has the unique credit of having won Celebrity Mastermind not once, but twice. Andy is currently living and working in Los Angeles, so I caught up with her over Skype to ask her, is that as cool as it sounds? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody who does things like this, um, who steps slightly sort of out of the system, has the same experience of, what am I doing? This is, this is a disaster. Or, or the, the next day, this is great. I'm so glad I made these choices sort of thing. So it's, it's always um, 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 a bit of both. But I think the, the, the driving um, sort of force in the whole thing is feeling like I have to do this. Like I don't feel like, oh, it'd be fun to go into one of the most unstable industries in the world. <laughs> Let's just try it. I think it's just like, it's, I feel called or called or whatever. So it's like from there, once you've got that, then you have to organize and orientate your whole life around this sort of unwavering decision that you've made. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, oh, I wish I wanted to work in a bank. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Sometimes I think, oh, let me try. What job, if I got a job, like if I got an actual job that I had to go to every day, can't like just go, oh, I want an audition today. Um, Like, what could I do? And I can't do anything. (laughs) I can't, not like, like, uh, like in terms of a skill set, I couldn't do it, but I couldn't, I couldn't turn up every day in the same place for, for, for a really long time. I would just, that would be really hard for me. I I said that to somebody once who had a job like that, who took real offense at what I was saying, because the term I said, (laughs) the term I used was that would be death for me. (laughs) But I didn't mean it in the sense of anyone who does that is dead. I meant that that's just not in me to do that. So some people love that and some people love the security of it and love the sort of, you know, that, that they know where they stand with what they do. But that's just not me. Has it ever been? Um, oh, I tried. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did try. No, I, I mean, it was, but probably that was more, I was doing that because that's what I was told w- was possible. You know, like starting out, I worked in uh, post-production, so I wanted to be close to the entertainment mm-hmm. industry right from the beginning, but I never had the guts to just go and, oh, actually, it's performing that I want to do and, and being a creator sort of thing, rather than dealing with what other people have created. Because post-production is really about, is an operational role, really. The, or the post-production I was doing anyways, like we're right at the end of the process. So we were about taking what people have made and just polishing, really, and figuring out any final problems before it gets broadcast. Mm-hmm. So that was all very office-based and very, well, nine to six, really, or nine to seven, or nine to eight. And, and it was one of those jobs where, you know, you want to anesthetize yourself to it a little bit by, mm-hmm. you know, what well, I did anyways, by drinking a lot, you know, partying, going out with friends a lot. The weekend was a really big deal sort of thing. So now that I've switched over to this life, I realize why... I was that sort of person in that because it just wasn't a, the right fit for me. Yeah, yeah. It seems to come with the territory a little bit. Or does it? I don't know. But um, I, think, th- I think it's more about your contentment with it rather than... That's the, what I was going to say. That's, it, that sounded like I was saying, oh, that's what everybody does in that. But I sort of yeah. agree it's not that. It's more where it's, more where it's who you are that's doing that, not the, uh, not the other way around. So do yeah. you remember when you first thought that's the industry I want to be in or that's the thing I want to do, which might be two different things? I can't remember the very first time I thought that, but it was from childhood, really. 
I mean, I, I was always sort of larking about, play, you know, you know, creating little plays and things like that with my toys and uh, writing stories. I love to write, um, doing school plays and things like that. But I had so much insecurity that I didn't. And I'd been told this story by just by what's all around you, the influences that you have that, you know, you get a job, you get a you know, steady job, you get a good education, steady job and you know, you've got the security and mm -hmm. you follow that path. So, so it didn't occur to me, even, uh, even when I chose drama as one of my A-levels and one of the, you know, quite a few people that were my peers went on to like proper drama school and became actors. It didn't occur to me that I could do the same thing. So mm -hmm. once I finished my A-levels, I was like, oh, right. Now I go on and do higher education and then I get a job. And that's, that's just what you do. Mm. Never occurred to me that performing was a possibility for me, even though I loved so many, you know, I had favorite comics and actors that I loved and, you know, loved to write, but just didn't, yeah, didn't even occur that it was an option. So do you, do you remember when it did occur? As a sort of, oh, I can do that, or I'm going to do that now, maybe. Yes, yeah, very much so, because I was working again. I, I see what I'd done is I'd, I'd had to take really small steps away from being desk bound, so I couldn't mm -hmm. do it in one big move. So I went freelance. Well, actually, I was made redundant from a desk job. Uh -huh. Then, then I went freelance. Then uh, I was when I was uh, my last free, or penultimate freelance job. I was working on an ITV soap that isn't on anymore. And so, but we were all on the same site as the actors and all the, you know, all the production departments, which doesn't normally happen for me with post-production. And so I was getting to know these actors and I don't know, maybe some of their weird actor magic <laughs> dust <laughs> sort of landed on me, but I just started to feel like, oh, this is possible. This is doable. Uh -huh. And I start, and I didn't know where to start. So I was saying to him, like, if I did want to going to being a performer like what do I even do and they were like drama school and I was like well which drama school sort of thing so um by the time that that job had finished I'd already signed up to a drama school going like to drama school in the evening doing my mm -hmm. post-production job during the day and when the end of all I, I took another one uh, another short post-production contract but when that finished I was thinking this is it like you just go for it because and my, my principle was always I've always wanted to do this. If it doesn't work out or people say, listen, you just, it's not really your thing. You can't really do this. Then at least I can say that I tried. Yeah. That I gave it a go, that I experienced it because the last thing, and it was, it was a real sort of vis visceral thing that I felt like I cannot die not having at least attempted this, knowing mm. that I've wanted to do it for all these years. So, and that's been, that was the principle like that got me into it. And, and I, you know, I rode with for quite a long time. of just, yeah, just give it a go. So what was the first thing? Was it acting? Was that the first thing? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say, um, yeah. I, I mean, the very first thing I did was, uh, like in the mm. professional capacity, was, yeah, I, I, did, uh, I started doing plays, basically. So now you're, you've been doing this for, you're now in it, you're doing it. It's, it's got, got beyond the point where desk jobs are a long time ago now, I think. So what yeah. is it about yeah, yeah. what you do now that keeps you wanting to do it? Well, interestingly, I mean, I think things have changed a little bit for me in the last sort of few months, but because I found sort of a, a newfound sort of enthusiasm. Um, but what's really sort of it's creative expression, really, and the the chance the chance to create every day mm -hmm. anew every day. You know, that's what I really love about, it. and that's what I don't get from a desk job personally. Is that it's quite limited in what you what you can do and create I, I for me for me so yeah that's I, I just love the fact that every day it's just like right what's gonna happen today what am I gonna do today 
Um, and I remember when I when I first started and I was so broke and I was sort of temping and working in a bar and doing all kinds of things just to make ends meet. And there was one day where I just didn't have any work, nothing had come in. So I, I went to my local park during the uh, during the day on a weekday, which I had never done. And I was like, I was so blissed out. I can't even describe it because I was like, this is brilliant. I've got no money in the bank, but I'm I'm in the park in the middle. I'd never done that. I'd never, I'd never like yeah. not worked. I, I realized when I got made redundant, particularly like I realized I look back over my sort of work life. I'd never not had a job, even like from 16, starting working in McDonald's. I, which I technically, I don't know if you could call that a job, but like, you know, I think they call it a job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> jury's out. <laughs> I, I actually mm. quite, quite enjoyed it for a bit and then, and then I hated it. But, um, yeah, so it was just crazy to me that like, I know it's not a big deal, like the park mm. in the middle of the day, but to me it was everything. Yeah. Okay. I really get that. So that sense of freedom. I think there was a similar thing occurred for me as well when I was, um, I, I remember being on the high street in, uh, in the town that I live. And it was a similar thing. It was kind of middle of the day. And I thought, oh, I don't have to be anywhere. If I want to stay here for the next half an hour, no one's going to be looking at the watch apart from me. And what and what a sense of yeah. freedom that was. I thought, yeah, this, this is what I want. I find it really hard, mm. though, not being told what to do. I think that is a, that is a challenge. Um, yeah. So I think for you, it's that interesting. You said it's the, uh, that, that's, in, that's one of the inspirations is just, oh, I can invent it every day. For me, that's one of the challenges is going, oh, God, I've got to invent this today. Yay, I've got to invent this day. Amazing. <laughs> so what's hard about it then? What's the, what's, what would you say is the hardest thing about um, the profession that you're in, the, the work that you do? What's the hardest thing about it? I mean, uh, talking generally about the whole experience of, of the freelance life, I think is um, just not getting caught up with getting caught up with a story about what you're doing. So, for example, I went through quite a long period, probably about a year, if I'm honest, of like, what am I doing? This isn't working. I'm not getting anywhere. Nothing's happening. I've made a terrible choice moving to it. You know, I was going through all of that. And I went to this meditation mm. class and this guy said one thing to me that completely changed that because he said, he just told me to do something. He told me to track my progress every day so that I could see really whether it was as bad as I was saying it was. Uh-huh. So I got right into this because I do love a spreadsheet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically I, I had all these categories. So I was like, you know, have I received, have I had any opportunities today? Did I make any money today? Did I create anything today? Mm-hmm. Was I healthy today? You know, whatever categories were important to me and I would grade them every single day. And I did it for about probably about three months yeah. so that I would have this sort of graphic representation of how things had actually been. Mm. And then I look back on it, I was just like, girl, <laughs> you've been telling yourself a damn lie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, I yeah. can see that actually most days I gave them, I graded most things as good. And so that took me completely, that short-circuited that whole story about it's not working out, it's blah, blah, blah. Yes. Because what you, 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 if you're not feeling good, you overlook all the things that are great and just link all the bad things together, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So you go, oh, I lost that job and I missed out on that audition and that didn't happen. Oh, my life is awful. <laughs> Whereas actually in between all that, some really cool things might have happened, but you just overlook them because you're in a funk about like what's, what's, what's happening. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That, was, that was something that – and I still – it seeps in every now and again, but then I just check myself and go, uh-huh. remember that thing that just happened that was just amazing, like this morning? <laughs> so um, that's good. It, and, and I think it's, um, it is quite hard to just stay 
on on your on your game sort of thing mm-hmm. and just make sure that you keep things moving one of my things is that i sometimes i'm trying to train myself not to feel guilty about not doing things because i tend to be like if if i if i haven't got things in motion nothing's happening therefore nothing's going to happen for me yeah whereas most um freelancers and creative people or a lot anyways have have people working on their behalf they might have an agent or a manager yeah. or or friends even or you know somebody somebody's doing something that involves you or, or people are thinking of you do you know what i mean there might yes. be a gallery that's thinking about your artwork yes. or an agent that's putting you up for auditions so you don't always have to be in motion like getting getting the fear that if i don't keep doing something yeah, then yeah. it all falls apart that's that's one of my challenges that's, that's really interesting i think that there's something in that sense of going oh, if if i'm not doing something then nothing's happening like if i'm not doing mm. something right now actually i think i think the point that i really like was you said there are other people that are working with you that um that you're not by that you're not really doing this by yourself yeah and like you know for example i have i have a manager and I, I got into my head the other day thinking, oh, he's forgotten about me and he doesn't care, blah, blah, blah. And I met up with him yesterday because we run a comedy show together. And um, he said, oh, yeah, so I've been pitching you for this great show, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, don't forget that. Because just cause, because the thing is, those people that are working for you, they're not going to be telling you every moment of every yeah. day because it, it's not worth it until something they have something solid for you. So just just let them to let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um Quincy Jones said something that I really like. I'm not like religious as such, but I like the sentiment of the phrase. Like he was talking about the spaces in between the notes in music. He said, uh-huh. leave a little room. He said, leave a little room for God. And, and I really like that because it's really saying, let, let other things like support you and take care of you. It doesn't, doesn't have mm. to be like a religious idea of God, yeah, yeah. but that there's, there's forces outside of you that have you. I like just leave a little room. I like just even yeah. that. As like <laughs> just that. The spaces yeah. between are as important as the things. I think that's that's. Um, yes. I like that. Quincy Jones, huh? What a guy. Mm. So, what would you say um, is the best thing about the job that you do, or the thing that you do? Is it weird that we well, never say what the thing is? <laughs> oh, okay. Should I should I say something? No, do you know I mean? what? I never, I never, I never properly do because the, because. I think it's quite interesting just to get a sense of something. But um... okay, all right. So I shouldn't mention the high class escort. Well, what, how, what would you say is what you do? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I suppose it's it's sort of they call them hyphenate talents here. Uh-huh. That's uh, the the phrase that people use. So I do a little bit of everything. A bit of comedy, writing, directing is a new thing that I've just sort of gotten into acting as well. Mm. So um, I sort of. Depending on who I'm talking to depends what I say. So yeah. comedian is usually the easiest thing that people get. And I've done a lot of it. So yes. it's probably the thing I've done most consistently for the for the most amount of time. Um, so I, I usually lead with that. But mm. I mean, you know, one of the reasons that I moved to the States as well is that I felt as though I was a bit limited by yeah. that cat, uh, categorization or whatever. So so here there's a much more a much more of a willingness to accept that artists do lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's encouraged. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. they want want that so so they're not as quick to pigeonhole you and something as a oh that's that's what you've done therefore that's what you do yeah exactly and that's what you are as uh-huh. well so yeah they really want they really want you to have more like you know people, i hear people say phrases like he's just an actor uh-huh. like that's not hard enough <laughs> but <laughs> i enough? mean it's obviously not the hardest job in the world but yeah. like you know what i mean like but now there's this expectation that you do so much more. So I, I thrive in that because mm. it means that every day you can just keep all these plates spinning of, of different things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and to answer your question about what's the best thing, mm. I think it, it is that, is that for me, it's just like there's so many outlets that I'm interested in. Like I, I went to a novel writing um, workshop the other day and I'm making a short film uh, in a couple of months' time. Uh. And I'm writing an idea for a TV show and I just did a stand-up show last night and wow. I'm, you know, making YouTube content now. Uh-huh. So, you know, I just, I just love the idea of just making things. Yeah. And what's really great about the changes in technology most recently is that that is now in the hands of, you know, just everybody, anybody can start a YouTube channel and just make content. I just, you know, I record stuff on my computer. I just bought a 5D mm-hmm. so I can make sort of higher end stuff. And it's all there. It's all up for grabs. So you don't have to. And for me, sometimes it gets a bit frustrating of waiting for the traditional routes to give you an opportunity. Yeah. So it's just like, you know what? Screw you lot. <laughs> so <laughs> YouTube channel. Like a friend of mine's got a YouTube channel. He's already got like I don't know, like 17,000 subscribers or something like that. I've done stuff for uh, other YouTube channels that they've got like 10 million subscribers. And you just think, hold on a second. People are dismissing that stuff as just YouTube or just online or just YouTube stars. They are killing it and they're making a stack of cash as well. I'm thinking, I'm getting in on that. (laughs) (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, 10 million is a lot of people. That's 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 not kind of, they're not just passing by, are they really? That really is. And they're loyal as well. And, you know, mm. you're getting so he's getting like half a million views on his on his uh, on his uploads. Mm. That's, that's, that's money changing hands. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Google. Thank you, YouTube. Yes. <laughs> it's not it's not all bad. <laughs> yeah. What's has there been a time when you thought, oh, do you know what? It's just not worth it. Yeah. Loads. Don't you have those? Yes. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm quite. I'm quite a stable person, but I'm quite sort of emotional as well. Mm. So I can get, as I'm sure a lot of people can, get quite, can work myself up into something and just, and and start believing it, especially like if it's something negative. So yeah, I've had many times where I was thinking, this isn't worth it. You know, I've had thoughts about like, maybe I shouldn't be here in in LA, maybe Mm. I should go back to London. And then thinking, Stand-up's not for me. Performing isn't for me. I'll just get a proper job. Oh, what could I do? Nothing. Great. So I have to keep doing this. You know, like feeling like that about it. So, yeah, definitely always thinking about giving up. Uh-huh. Not always, but always. No. But I have had, you know, have had many thoughts of, about it. But, you know, what it really comes down to is this is what I was built to do. It's just, mm. it's not even a, oh, I like that. That could be a fun hobby. It's yeah. like, this is what I'm really... This is what I'm, this is what I'm built for. Yeah. If I was a, a robot, I would be entertainment robot. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's there's that's that it's that essence of it's not just something I want to do. It's not just something as a as a sideline, but it is a it's a it's an internal drive or an internal passion that's mm. looking for an outlet. Where, mm, and, and that's, yes. So you threw a lot of stuff out there that said I'm doing loads of stuff. So, but I'll ask you anyway. What's next? What's in the making? So, well, I mentioned yeah, I'm, I'm doing a uh, short film next. Uh, well, in April, hopefully, we'll mm-hmm. be filming. So that's technically, I suppose, it's a directorial debut in the sense that all the other stuff I've done has been in the context of film school. So if I don't count those, then this is my first like proper project. Uh-huh. And um, I'm doing that with a couple of friends and, um, you know, uh, got cast some great actors. It's a two-hander piece. So that's that's going to keep me occupied mm. in April. And it's already, like, frying my brain just because 
you know, I'm scared and yeah. trying to make it not a big deal, but trying to do it as well and impeccably as I can because I don't want to let other people down yeah. and I want it to be as, you know, the best it can be. And we've secretly got hopes of getting into Sundance, although I don't think it's a Sundance type of film. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's all all this sort of ah, satellite sort of anxiety going yes. on around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the buzz, yeah. the buzz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the exactly. noise that goes on around. I was just going to say taking that step into doing something that you've not done before. Mm -hmm. um, even when you even when you sort of know it all still uh, I think the thing that you're saying is about saying yeah but I I know all the stuff but still this is the first time I've done this mm. that that's that's fun right <laughs> it is and you know as you're saying it I realize that I do even though I I, I really don't like the feeling of not knowing mm. I love the feeling of learning yeah so I have to go through that not knowing to learn and I love trying new things. So I'm always, I'm always in classes and courses and workshops and things like that. I love doing stuff like that um, and applying it. And uh, yeah, so it, it, this is another, this is another one of those. I haven't done this before, but mm. um, I've seen stuff that's been directed. <laughs> so how hard could it be? Right. <laughs> I'm finding out this week. <laughs> it looks really easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there was uh I was talking to um uh, on a on a on an early interview uh Emma I did with this um Emma McGrath who's a young um singer she's um mm. she was saying it's fascinating one of the things that she's aware of as a, as a singer she's still at school so she goes in school oh, wow. and the thing she realizes is that the other people that she's working with they have no concept of what goes on in the industry that she's in. So they see, mm. see, they see. Okay, so you're a singer, or you have a guitar, or you get up on stage. But she said it's amazing how they have no concept of everything that there is that goes on behind that. Mm. And the, uh, the reason I say that is because the example she used was that you look at a film, you see the credits on a mm. film, and you go, "Look at all those people. What are, those people? Guys doing? What are they yeah. doing? <laughs> they're the no, guys. They're true. the guys that are helping you out. That's what I'm saying." And and to that point as well, I saw I went to a, a Q and A, and uh, Jason Siegel was the moderator, and he said that you know they were talk, just talking about uh, haters on twitter and stuff like that mm. and he said the most people that that do that they haven't really tried to create something and that and, and i suppose when he was saying it, i got like how hard it is and, and i think he said it as well like how hard it is to create something and that if you really knew what had gone into it physically emotionally financially what someone had put into creating something you'd just go well done mm. that was all you'd be able to say but i mean obviously that's not what society is but it was just a really interesting point that mm. gosh you're right you know when we just go oh that record's rubbish or i didn't like that film or he's not funny or whatever you just like any idea how many hours and how much anxiety and whatever has gone into creating this thing yeah. that you just dismiss just like that yeah yeah and no one sets out to make a bad film, right? Or a bad, right. Uh, or a bad record or anything. I think I can't remember who I first saw said that, but you can imagine the people come out. This film's <laughs> terrible. This, what have they? What have they no, done? And just... you can imagine the actors reading the script or the director, the outset, going. So what we're really this is a terrible script. You're all awful. Um, I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, so let's not even bother trying. Let's just make the shittest thing that we can. Yeah, you can. Re it just doesn't work that way, right? Everyone's going out with the best intentions. We want the Twitter hate to be like a tsunami of just despise. <laughs>
The In The Making podcast was produced by me, Martin Lumsden, at the Cream Room Recording Studio. You can find us at creamroom.co.uk. To find out more information about the In The Making podcast and to subscribe to future episodes, please go to inthemakingpodcast.com.